Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, it's time to prep for the Halloween season. So, you know, to me, Halloween really isn't a season. It is a feeling in your heart that you carry with you everywhere you go. Now, not everybody would agree with that, but, you know, people are wrong. (laughs) They're allowed to be wrong. But either way, my my point is is that people love being frightened. And people love getting the bejeebus scared out of them. I mean, Americans as a whole will spend over $10 billion. $10 billion in recognition of the Halloween season. And we're talking... Something as simple as caramel apples, to pumpkins, to hayrides, to ghosts, haunted houses, scary movies. It's all there. And this is what we do. And we love it. I mean, (laughs) we're not taking this lightly for spending $10 billion plus. Now, every year we have, you know, this list, this, this checkoff list. It's not a real checkoff list. But it is something that we as a culture in this country tend to do. One of the one one of the big ones is make the great orange sacrifice. If you remember from last year, that means selecting a pumpkin to carve and to offer it to the gods of Halloween. Oh, 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 oh. Or, you know, just put a lantern in it and light it to welcome trick-or-treaters, whichever. So I had the opportunity to take a look around, kind of see where really good pumpkin patches could be. And tonight is, you know, normally I focus on one area, one place, either domestically or internationally. Tonight, we're going to jump around because this is one thing we as a nation and other countries celebrate. And, and it doesn't, the celebration is all over. As a whole. So our first jump, if you will, is actually Dallas, Texas. And I'm talking about the Tom Thumb Pumpkin Patch. Apparently, there are more than 90,000 pumpkins, gourds, and squash. And, And, you know, please remember when Soham, when the ancient Irish people started this tradition of jack-o'-lanterns, of, cre- of carving and cutting, you know, cutting and gutting. They didn't just use pumpkins. They used gourds. Gourds. I don't know why I can't say that word right, but gourds. 
Um, I'm not sure if they use squash, but it's in the mix, okay? Now, at Tom Thumb, they use all these things to create a pumpkin village. They have hay bale mazes. They have scavenger hunts. They even have a Cinderella pumpkin carriage. Who doesn't love Cinderella? And it's just this fabulous, fun, festive time. Now, moving from Texas, we're going to go to Lynn Villa Orchids. And we're talking Pennsylvania, just south of Philadelphia. These orchards are over 300 acres, jam-packed of Halloween, festive time. And we're talking pumpkin displays. We're talking hayrides. We're talking... Indoor mini golf, which has absolutely nothing to do. But, I mean, if they use the pumpkins or what have you, it's entertaining and fun for the family. As well as they offer agricultural classes. And there's a witch house. I mean, these people are really doing their best to bring in the Halloween season. Now, jumping to the West Coast, we have the Craven Farm in Snohomish, Washington. I've probably mispronounced that. And there, on their 20 acres, this pumpkin patch has 30 variety of pumpkins. And I'm going to be honest, if it's not orange, I don't know what it is. So, don't care. <laughs> but these guys have 30 variety. And it's they're guaranteed to help you find your the pumpkin that matches your pumpkin personality. And... On top of that, they have a 15-acre corn maze. They have a pumpkin adventure that you need 3D glasses to enjoy. They, of course, have hay rides. They even have sling pumpkins for, for you to hit targets with. And they have story time with painted pumpkins. I mean, talk about just all-out fun, simple, good times. Family memories being made. Just sounds amazing. Now I mentioned the 15 acre corn maze. And that's something that has been in the development in terms of things that we've come to enjoy for the Halloween season. Corn mazes. When I was a kid we didn't have them when I was you know, really young. But as I got older they became very, very popular. So let's talk about the Great Vermont Corn Maze. And we're talking, this thing is so huge. It's got a 32-foot underground tunnel. It's got a 30-foot cabin cruiser that sails, and I'm using air quotes, on top of the corn. And I've seen pictures of this boat sitting on top of the corn. And every year, it's a new new design. We're talking 24 acres of a new design, and it's considered to be roughly about three miles that you can get lost in, have your panic attack in, drink your pumpkin spice latte in, and, you know, lose your soul, have a breakdown in. But they, this apparently does have emergency exit, so you're it's cool if you, you know, have, have a real panic attack. But either way, this, this one, when I looked at all the lists, this one in Vermont hit, most of the list and hit high on most of the list. And one of the things I would like everyone to know 
you know, I don't ask for payments for anything. I do do the research on my own. And this is a paranormal travel podcast. So, of course, I'm going to recommend things that I see, but with the acknowledgement that I've never been there. So, I've never been here or any of these places. But, anywho, speaking of corn mazes, let's talk about the Trenton Farm that is located about 20 miles north of Madison, Wisconsin. So here again, we're jumping around the country. And this fabulous place has not only a pumpkin patch, but they also have a corn maze. And they literally agonize over the design, ideas, and you know the patterns that they're going to create for their corn maze. And so their corn maze is 15 acres. And according to... My research, we're talking six miles that you can get lost in. You can, you know, have your breakdown in or, you know, get a divorce in because your husband didn't listen to you the first time. <laughs> and they encourage families to bring their uh, picnic lunch. They, they have trails for you to enjoy. They have scenic overlooks. And they even have what they refer to as charming enchanted woods on their property. So it actually kind of sounds like a really fun, festive time for families. Now, another place, and this one actually won the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's largest temporary corn maze in 2007. I'm talking about the Cool Patch Pumpkins. This one is located in Dixon, California. Dixon is kind of part of the green belt where the agriculture is predominant in the state of California. So it's a, it's a nice bit of drive from where we are here in you know Northern California, but you definitely cannot miss the green belt in, in the middle of the state. So Dixon, California, yes. And we're talking 53 miles, okay? 53 miles, and they do change up the theme of every year. And 2021, their theme was all gave some, some gave all, which, of course, honors those who are in their military and those who do not come home. But either way, because they're kind of local, I kind of did a little bit more, a little bit of research. According to their website, the best time to go is actually any time, and you can enter the maze up until 8 o'clock, and you can enjoy the maze in the dark. Now, entry fee... Is $18, but kids five and under are free. And they do actually, and this is part of the other reason why I'm mentioning this, they do allow you to bring your dog, your favorite Halloween celebrating pooch, with you for the corn maze. And of course, one of the things we absolutely love to do on top of corn mazes is we love going to haunted houses. Now, in America, we do actually have real actual haunted houses just like we do have real actual haunted houses throughout the world and i'm actually taking this list from movematcher.com this is a list directly from their website and part of the reason why i am referencing obviously because i'm taking their information but part of the reason why i'm mentioning this list is because actually we've done a lot of episodes on some of these houses so according to movematcher.com, 
Number 10 most scariest house in America. Active paranormal, real things, real shit is going down. Number 10 is Lemp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been to St. Louis, but I did not take the opportunity to check out this mansion. Number nine, believe it or not, is Graceland, as in Elvis Presley, as in he's probably haunting it. I don't know, but Memphis, Tennessee, Graceland. Number eight, we've actually done a podcast episode, The LaLaurie House in New Orleans. Panda did a road trip. In fact, I want to say it was one of our very first road trips with him. Number seven is the White House. Another episode we've done on the White House when we went and, you know, visited Washington, D.C. Number six is the Lizzie Borden House. Again, we've done an amazing podcast on the Lizzie Borden House in Fall River, Massachusetts. Number five, the Mercer Williams House in Savannah, Georgia. Now, I've not done one, and we did go to Georgia, so... I don't have anything to say about that. Number four is the Jane Adams Whole House, Chicago, Illinois. Again, we've done an episode in Chicago. We did not touch down on this one. However, at number three, Amityville Horror House, Amityville, New York, we have done two, two podcast episodes regarding what transpires in this house. Number two, here in California, we are talking about the Whaley House in San Diego. And yes, I've done an amazing podcast on that little humdinger. And the number one, any guesses? It's here in California. That would be the Winchester Mystery House located in San Jose, California. Husband Jeff and I had the opportunity to check it out. We did the midnight ghost tour with little flashlights that they provided. And it was interesting. It was interesting. I, I kind of felt like... I probably would have enjoyed it more if there were less people and if I had seen the house during the day to get an understanding of what the house actually looked like. Uh, so that was something that I kind of like, uh, I'll have to go back and rectify. But either way, this is your top 10 according to Move Matcher. And I do think because we've done a lot of episodes on a lot of these houses that they do seem to be right on the money. But let's talk about fake, but just as scary haunted houses. And again, you know, a lot of amusement parks will set up fright fests, scary nights, the 13, you know, ghosts of this amusement park or that amusement park. And I mean, amusement parks are, are kind of, almost popping up in every area in neck of the woods, if you will. And so I actually took a moment because, you know, we, of course, Santa um, Knott's Berry Farm. You've got Great America. You've got even Disneyland itself. They have their Halloween seasons up. So I took the opportunity to kind of poke around. And just a variety of different types of haunted, scary houses or, you know, that you go through, that you pay to go through. We're talking, you know, Penhurst Asylum in Spring City, Pennsylvania. There's one called the Headless 
Horseman Haunted Attraction in Ulster Park, New York. And everybody, I, I well, I not everybody, but a lot of my listeners know I'm a huge fan of Sleepy Hollow and the Headless Horseman. And on the West Coast, you have Georgetown Morgue here in Seattle, Washington. So, I mean, they're drumming up. Uh, 30 years ago, this was not a thing. But nowadays, I mean, they're just knocking them out. And it's amazing. And, of course, some of these are actually year-round. One of the things I, I would love to do one of these days is, you know, go through some sort of immersive, scary escape room where you got to escape the zombie apocalypse and, you know, you got to laser tag your ass out of there and save the day with the, you know, virus, antivirus, or the cure in hand. That would be amazing. So, I mean, we love these these types of things. Now, we've talked about pumpkins. We've talked about corn mazes. We've talked about real haunted houses. We've talked about fake but very scary haunted houses to some extent. Let's talk about apples because apples is a thing. Last year I mentioned this place. This year I'm going to mention it again simply because it was and still is a cherished childhood place. And I am, of course, referring to Apple Hill, which is Camino, right out of Sacramento. You, you go north on the on Highway 50. You can't miss the signs for Apple Hill. And they have orchards, and they have crafts, and they have pumpkin pies, apple pies. They have every kind of pie you've ever imagined. People, I mean, this place is expanded from just a simple farm selling fruit and vegetables to now wineries and wedding venues and just beautiful bed and breakfasts and breweries. It's just a fabulous, wonderful time, in my opinion. And, you know, they just offer everything from baked goods to one place even does fishing. And you just go there to be in the season of autumn, of fall. So speaking of apples and speaking of Apple Hill, let's talk about caramel apples. So here's the deal. I love caramel apples. But I am not very good at cooking. I'm just not. I don't really have the patience for some of the recipes. So I'm just going to keep this real. I'm going to tell you the truth. When it comes to making caramel apples, I cheat. Yes. I will buy the product called Concord Foods Caramel Apple Wrap. You can get it at the grocery store. You can get it on Amazon. It's kind of one of those things you can find it almost anywhere. And... It's simple. You get a, a beautiful apple specimen. You wash it, obviously. <laughs> then you open the package. You take off the, the circle of caramel. You press it onto the apple. You stick the stick in the apple. Pop it in the oven. Then you have yourself a wonderful caramel apple in just a few minutes. That is how I make caramel apples. Because 
I cannot do it any other way. I, I suck at it. Just keeping it real. Now, the other thing that we like to do, especially at this time of year, besides eating caramel apples, is we love sitting around the old fire pit with your friends, your family, and we love telling scary stories. When I was a kid, and again, this is this is the same information that I provided last year, and why am I doing it again? Because good stuff stays good. If that's just how it is. So when I was a kid, I would read R.L. Stein to scare the crap out of me. I would read Christopher Pike to scare the hell out of me. I would read Alvin Schwartz's ghost stories, creepy-ass stories, mini short stories to scare the shit out of me. And these are the stories we share around the fire pit. Now, in addition to these ghost stories that we tell in the dark with the wood crackling and the heat, the only source of heat is the fire blazing in front of you, is we make s'mores. Now, if you don't know what a s'more is, I'm going to tell you what it is. It is the gifts from the gods. What it is, it's graham cracker, marshmallow, and chocolate. Now, I only eat fair trade chocolate. And thank the heavens that Hershey's is finally producing fair trade chocolate. And what people do is they stick their marshmallows on a large stick and they roast them over the, you know, the fire that's you know, going on in the fire pit. And once they find that their marshmallow is roasted well enough, they put it smack on top of the piece of chocolate that's already sitting on a piece of graham cracker. And then you put another piece of graham cracker cracker on top of the marshmallow and basically you make yourself a graham cracker marshmallow chocolate sandwich and for many years this was nice okay but the truth is I don't like burnt roasted marshmallow I don't like it I don't like when my marshmallow catches on fire it's not fun I don't like it so I'm going to tell you my cheat. Now, this is real. Write this down. This is my cheat to making the world's most perfect s'mores. You turn your oven on. <laughs> That's right. You turn your oven on to 400. Then you get a sheet either glass sheet or metal sheet, it doesn't matter. You put, so a graham cracker is usually, you know, you can break it into a half or break it into four. You know, so you break it in half. So you have a top and a bottom. And then you take the fair cherry chocolate, because Hershey's got it now. You take one little square and you put it on there. Then you put the marshmallow on top of it. And you like, you blow it a kiss for luck. Okay. Then, when you're ready, you put your, your sheet into the oven and you set the timer for four minutes. No more, no less. Four minutes at 400 degrees. 
And you wait as the gods melt, infuse the marshmallow to the chocolate, to the graham cracker. And at four minutes, you pull it out with a little uh, flippy thingy. See, I don't even, I don't cook that much, so the little flippy thingy. <laughs> you take the one part of the graham cracker that doesn't have all those delicious things on it. You flip it on top and you smush it down. And then you take your bite and then you thank the, the gods for this delicious s'more and whoever invented it in the first place. That is how you make the perfect s'more. I'm not kidding. You could send me thank you letters. You have our email. Okay, so on top of all of this, while you're eating apple, caramel apples, while you're eating s'mores, of course we want to settle down and we want to enjoy scary movies. So in the past, we've gone through, we've, we've released actually several lists and recommendations of scary movies. And, you know, everyone has their preferences. I'm a huge fan of James Wan. I love his Conjuring series, and I really do like the Scream series. Well, the first couple. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Um, Les Craven did a great job. I can't say so much for nowadays. However, if you want to know what I always thought the most scariest movie there ever was. My answer is this. The scariest movie I ever thought that was ever made was The Exorcist. But I encourage you to listen to our our recommendations. We've done several over the years. And if you have kids and you're kind of more like, well, some of those aren't really appropriate for children. And I understand. Of course, everyone's getting excited for Hocus Pocus 2. There's a reason why. Because everyone enjoyed Hocus Pocus. So that's it. That is your recommendations on the preparation, on your preparation for the spooky season that is now upon us. Good night.